Jeff became as controlling as anyone else that had been in the picture that was trying to control Tanya. After she won nationals, money started coming in and offers and commercials and things like that, and I'm sure he saw dollar bills. And if she had never met Jeff Galuli, things would have turned out completely different. He is at her skating sessions, her practice sessions. He is at every interview. He is everywhere with her. When he pulled up to the window, would, did you have to pay first and then get your food later? Yes. Who paid for the food? I paid because he had 20, so I had another 20, so I paid for the food. And what did he do with that $20 bill you gave him in the car? Paid McDonald's. Did you see him do that? Yes. And did he get change back? Change back. Okay. Did you drive forward and get the food at the second window? Yes, we did. Did he take that food? Yes. What did he do with it? He took the food. Yes. Where did he put it? He, the bag was in his lap. Then he gave me the, my stuff, my food. So he was, and what did he do with his food? He ate it. And he drove at the same time? Yes. And he did that on the way back to the house at Rockingham? Yes. Did you eat your food as well? No, I had a few french fries, but that was it. I didn't eat the main course. So... <laughs> you can call it that. <laughs> yeah. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events, big and small, famed and forgotten, from... 1994. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Okay, I'm already laughing because every time we started to do the show, Joe puts his hands up like we've, he's made a touchdown. Well, because you see, we're not in the same room. So we've been chatting right before this. And then I need to give you a cue oh, like, to stop chatting. And now we're going to do we're going to do it. So it's touchdown. That's what I've always gone with. You're like a conductor. Uh, but we are doing it again. Indeed, we are. It happened one year, 1994. And this <laughs> one is, a, I would say, a definitively 1994 episode in a lot of ways. We're going to talk about stuff around it. But, yeah. but I mean, these people were very, very oh, yeah. big figures in 1994. 1994 was the, it was, this was the year for these people. Yeah. And uh, I was reading an, uh, an interview with uh, my person and someone asked him, do you think about 1994? And I was like, well, I could answer yes to that. <laughs> Think about 1994 a lot. I, I wish somebody would ask me that because then I could just <laughs> unload facts on them. Oh, you want to talk 1994? <laughs> I come on with all the 94. But yeah, our Here's two people, their lives totally changed in 94. Totally changed. Yeah. We've got to find like a trivia night that's just about 1994. Do you think that's a thing? I was thinking that that's how we should end the show because we have 90s <laughs> Trivial Pursuit and the cards are broken out by year. So what we could do, we never play 90s Trivial Pursuit. But we could get it out, pull out all the 94 cards, and that could be how we end the show. That's an excellent idea. Just all the 94 questions, and then we just we see if we can like play a whole game with that one year. I, I want to just end the show now, because that's a great <laughs> idea. That sounds awesome. Well, I mean, if the list is to be believed, this is one of the last five or six episodes yeah. that we need to do. We might do some other stuff if stuff pops up, but uh, we are really winding down. We are. Listeners, we know you're upset. Pull your shit together. We'll, we'll be back with another year that you will enjoy way less than 1994. <laughs> almost for sure. If possible. If that's even possible. If that's even um, possible for the 12 of you who uh, are, are dedicated listeners to this nonsense, <laughs> to this rigmarole. So, so that's uh, that's what we've got coming up. What's what we got on the horizon? Uh, it's Today's not a holiday. There's nothing, there's nothing going on. It's, uh, no. you know... I, I, we still haven't put it out as of this recording. It should be out by the time this one airs, is the, the long, long plague episode. And I've been listening to that to try to cut it together. And that is a roller coaster of emotions, that episode. We're sorry. And so I always feel like I need to come in a lot happier in case anyone's <laughs> listened to that episode. And because they might be worried for us, I think yeah, is really, yeah. you know. I mean, fair. Like, it is the the dead of January in Chicago <laughs> during mm. the pandemic. So the fact that we sound as good as we do is actually quite impressive. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean, we, we have now basically stopped doing stuff. I do like that the last movie we will have seen in theaters is Licorice Pizza, a movie I cannot recommend highly enough. Oh, my God. It's still playing at the music box in 70 millimeter. There's no way we're doing that. Ugh. Yeah. No, we haven't done anything. We we didn't even go grocery shopping last week. We, we ordered a pickup or 
got them delivered. I don't know. They, really, but... they were delivered. We haven't yeah. had them delivered in like a year. Thanks, Omicron. Yeah. I really feel like this is like Survivor at this point, And we're just amazed we haven't caught it. Like, yeah. just yeah. we're just dodging it at all turns. Did you see there's like a video going around on the internet of that that one crazy board on Super Mario where Mario's yeah. just do- dodging all the giant flaming yeah, wands? Yeah. And this is like us trying to avoid Omicron. That's us. Yeah. 100%. Even though we discovered this week that one of the places where we got tested might be just handing out false negatives. Like yeah, that place is just a scam. So Yeah, yikes. So it it's entirely possible we've had Omicron this whole time. Yeah, we've had we, COVID. We don't actually know. It's possible we've had COVID since before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. We, I mean, we feel fine, but it's possible. Yeah. But Sorry, know. our relatives. It's possible <laughs> that happened because our place, the place we got tested, maybe not legitimate. So. Maybe not. No, it was in like... It was on the south side of the city. You drove up to what looks like a building that looks like it was a Wendy's yeah. or a McDonald's at some point, but this, all the windows are boarded up. That's closed and it's in the parking lot with an auto zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's like cones in the parking spots and there's like a, a stand-up uh, office, like a trailer, but just one room. Right. And and you walk up and some guy hands you a desk. Yeah, a guy will wander car. out, maybe wearing a mask, maybe not. Yeah. Hands you a bag. Gives you a, a very quick run through of what you should be doing, which is like, just stick this up your nose, put this in the jar, put the other one in this bag and then put it in the other bag. And you're like, OK, yeah, but that was it. There's no yeah. there's no serious instruction. So download this app. Good luck. But I would say like 2022 off to a weird start. Yeah. Uh, we're only a couple days in a couple weeks in at this point. But yeah. where I feel that uh, 2021 was probably the I don't know, the defining changing year for us you know maybe of all time i mean we got married and we moved to chicago but like i feel like even our time in chicago very you know much the same in in a lot of ways since we've been here uh but 2021 the turning point year and for tonight's subjects that year was 1994. nice nice segue nice segue Uh, uh, thank you (laughs) and so we did tease this episode before i think i don't know if we even teased it or if we came up with the idea for this episode in another episode where we said we should yeah. do an episode just about Jeff Galuli and Kato Kalin, and this is that episode. This is that episode. But I don't remember what we were. It must have been the Olympics episode. The the yeah. something. Uh, I'm not know. even really sure. Or something about OJ. Like I don't. I'm I'm not sure. But I would say uh, we're gonna start with with Jeff Galuli, who's the guy I took to the internet to try and learn about, and I will say I learned very little. <laughs> I'm surprised that there was, there's not more about Jeff Galuli out there. Very little information about early Jeff Galuli's life. So, so let's so take it back. Yeah, when was Jeff Galuli born? Yeah. Uh, great question. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I'm pretty good at this. I'm going to guess Jeff Galuli was born in 1957. <laughs> How's that no, sound? No. Not even close. Oh, 1967. Now, why are you making me do math in front of the listeners? <laughs> I was thinking he was a, probably about 27 in 1994. And so uh, that's yeah, what that's, I came up with. That's probably right. They got married in 1990 and he was 21. So. Oh. He's a little younger so, than that. Yeah. 1969 then. Yeah. Thanks. Where was he from? Oregon. Honestly, bro does not even have his own Wikipedia page. Oh. He, If you go to the Jeff Galuli Wikipedia page, it just redirects you to the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding incident Wikipedia page. Does not even have his own Wikipedia page. Well, that's I ridiculous. Found, like one website that like tried to talk more, like had his kid's name, then his, his wife's name. Like it was kind of like a Wikipedia page, but it was written as if it was written by a bot. Like none of the sentences oh. made sense. But yeah. I did take a lot of information from it. So uh most of it did seem to be validated so All right. yeah he was born in 1969 as we figured out ish we think and yeah he grew up in oregon great that's all i got prior to him marrying tanya harding they met when he was 17 and she was 15 and they got married when uh, she was 19 and that would have made him 21 if they were two years apart True. Um, and he was a conveyor belt operator when they got married where was she from like where did they where did they meet west coast I think in Oregon. Oh, I think she still lives in Oregon because in an article I was reading, they ran into each other at a fast food joint like within Ooh. the last decade. And it was awkward. They avoided what? each other. Was it a McDonald's? <laughs> they, he didn't say. They didn't. Oh, say. oh there was no specificity. Um, no, but just that it was a fast food. I joint. was just curious if they ran into each other at a Zaxby's. It might be fun. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it could be whatever you want it to be. They ran into each other at a Burger King. Ooh, the theater of the mind. 
I say they ran into each other in an Alban pan. And then everybody just got it wrong. That's not exactly fast food. Yeah. It's just pots of soup <laughs> sitting out. I'm going to go ahead and say neither of them have ever been to an Alban pan. Fair. Do you think Alban pan is still operating in the pandemic? No. Those are just giant pots of soup. Yeah. So they get married. Uh, he eventually becomes her manager. He was not a great husband. Not 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 a nice dude. They did Jeff Gluey? Yeah. With that mustache? Yeah. Seemed all right. He smacked around a little bit. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's right. I remember that in the movie. Yeah. How much um, of that movie? I guess that's all I got to go on. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much more, honestly. Yeah. And you probably remember the movie better than I do. So, yeah. So, so not a great husband. They were married from 1990 until 1993. Weirdly, they get divorced. But, and then they kind of get back together. And that's when all the bad decision making happens. Fair. And he ruins her <laughs> career. So... Uh, for those of you who don't know who Jeff Galuli or don't know what he's known for, listeners hiding under a rock. Yeah, let's um, let's take it through just in case. Uh, so married to Tanya Harding, who was uh, stood to win a lot of or earn a lot of money um, if she did well in the figure skating world. She was um, like a national champion, she, right? She was. She'd actually beaten Nancy Kerrigan in competitions like twice recent, yeah. like recent to when this happened decides you know what uh, she's got a little competition and this lady nancy kerrigan so i'm gonna give three guys sixty five hundred dollars a piece to uh injure her they apparently had talked about like killing her they had talked about creating a car accident that she would be involved in they're like no no let's make it basic let's hit her in the leg murder was on the table murder was on the table oh my goodness and they were like maybe not that they say that one of the guys not not the guy there's like two sean's or two guys whose name sounds like sean there's a Shane Stant. Yeah. And the other guy's name I always get wrong. Is I always think it's Sean. I don't want to say the guy's name because it's actually a guy I think I went to high school with. <laughs> and so I always think it's his name. So I don't want to just say like, oh, I think that guy tried to kill Nancy Kerrigan. So. <laughs> One of them claimed to be like a, a like spy or like secret agent or special agent background. He knew like tactics. <laughs> right. And, uh, that was the guy who was like, guys, we don't have to murder her. We can just hurt her. <laughs> As the as the legend goes. So, yeah. So he hires these people. They go. They hit Nancy Kerrigan in the leg. And the cops quickly figure out what happened. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. real hard. He gets sentenced to two years in prison for technically racketeering. Um, and he serves six months. So Galuli. Galuli does six months. He does six months. Literally everyone involved except Tanya Harding went to jail. Yeah. But he only served six months. Um, he did uh, get a lighter sentence because he incriminated everyone. So not a lot of loyalty <laughs> happening from this dude, including Tanya Harding. They never like really proved it. But what I did learn that I did not know is that they found in like their trash notes that they had written to each other. And on one of them, Tanya Harding had written Nancy Kerrigan's uh, practice schedule down. Oh, so, uh, he claimed that she knew. She still claims that she didn't know. She knew she clearly probably probably I think I defended her in the last episode where we brought her up and I was like mm, I'm not convinced now I'm convinced oh so a little bit of research today solved it for you yeah yeah she definitely knew. so Jeff Galuli gets out of jail while 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 he's in jail he petitions to get his name changed smart move Galuli is a pretty distinctive name pretty distinctive though he says his like brothers and their kids all are Galulis and no one has a problem with it but he changes his name to Jeff Stone and the article I was reading about it pointed out that no one really cared that he changed his name except for other dudes named Jeff Stone mm. <laughs> I cited like three different Jeff Stones who came out and were like come on man <laughs> I gotta do that because it was like all over the news when he changed his name but I guess people just forgot so changes name to Jeff Stone, gets out of jail, uh, tries to make some cash, sold the his sex tape with Tanya Harding for about right. $400,000. So right. way to go. He Classy. Said they, that she was in on it and they split the money. I only have his word to go for. And 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 why wouldn't I believe Jeff Galuli? So uh, they split it. So I don't know what the deal is with with. And I don't I don't know that you would have looked something like this up, but I don't know what the deal is with sex tapes when if like. You filmed it in a consensual way, whatever it is, and then you one of them sells it. You think the other person could sue that person if they aren't involved in it? This has always been the Kim Kardashian story where she didn't exactly say that she was in on selling that, but she never really fought it, and it got her all the fame. So I don't know what the the legal deal is there. Like I can't believe one person just has it and can sell it, and the other person has no recourse at all. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know that there's like a... 
a credit issue like like in film but because it's not copyrighted or anything no but you would think that it's it's almost like just obscenity or i don't know or or some yeah defamation or something because you would think there'd be some something like you can't just you know invasion of privacy or something I, i don't know like yeah it feels like there must be a law on the books that can somehow counteract that but i don't know but that leads you to think Maybe these people are, you don't see that ever really happen, but you think there would be an occasion to do it except for the Hulk Hogan thing when he had like somebody filmed his, his rendezvous that time. And then he, it was posted on Gawker and he destroyed Gawker with that website, with that, that lawsuit. So there's something there. Yeah. I don't know what, like if you're filmed with your knowledge and someone else sells it. Right. I don't don't know what the legal uh, listeners clearly Joe and I do not have law degrees. No idea. (laughs) All right, so Galuli makes some cash. He made actually quite a bit of cash. I found uh, one site that estimated his net worth at like seventeen million dollars. Galuli, like yeah, <laughs> all on like his name and stuff associated with his name. And I mean, I guess when people write there, I don't know, I don't know how he's making that money. They didn't really say, but it's all tied in with this. Like, I mean, I, I get it could just be the internet getting these things wrong, but I'll just throw out there that what I ran across is that Cato maybe is worth two million dollars, <laughs> and Cato has credits. Cato's doing stuff all the time. <laughs> That's what th- this is what the internet tells me. Uh, you can choose to believe it or not. All right. Because also, as soon as he got out of uh, prison, he became a car salesman. So maybe oh. he's just really good at being a car salesman. He made seventeen million dollars. I don't know. And this was my point off before we were we started recording was he had to have changed his name because there's nobody there's nobody who's walking into a dealership and buying a Nissan Sentra from Jeff Galuli. Like you just no. don't want that story, right? Or does that actually really help his sales? Because you'd be like, I got my. <laughs> Nissan Sentra from Jeff Galuli. I don't know. Like, it feels like just kind of a fun tidbit. Like, I would enjoy that to tell people, but I <laughs> yes. think like most people would be kind of ashamed. Like, you know, <laughs> where did the Elantra come from? Oh, Jesus, I bought it from Jeff Galuli. Didn't that guy go do in time for trying to kill Nancy Kerrigan? Yeah. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. So after Jeff Galuli gets out of jail, he also runs into a series of legal challenges, as you mm. can guess, associated with other problems, including uh, restraining orders. His second wife, he remarries. A, he, he marries a woman that he met when he was still married to Tanya Harding. Nope. They like maintain correspondence while they were while he was in in jail. They get married. They're divorced by I think two thousand, so they weren't oh. married that long. But they had two kids. Yeah, um, and she rubber stamped him selling that sex tape. <laughs> yes, she was like, so, Go she for let's it. get that cash. Yeah, um, but there was like restraining orders. He had DUIs. He had uh, he was arrested for assault a couple of times. Oh. Um, Apparently, there were multiple lawsuits against him. I don't know what they were for, but mul- like but people kept suing him. Maybe wow. they found out he was worth $17 million, and they were like, we want a piece of that. Um, and he filed for bankruptcy at some point. So, oh. little Chapter 11 Galuli. His second wife, they got divorced, and then she had a really like pretty terrible, tragic end. She oh. like, she took up drugs and then, and then basically killed herself. Not basically. She did. She killed herself. Oh. Um, she like jumped off a, a fire escape. Really dark, gracious, dark, sad stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Galuli finds another lady, Jeff Stone. Um, oh yes, Jeff Stone. I'm sorry. Finds finds a new lady. They I, I don't know when, but sometime in the mid 2000s, get together. They were together ten years and they got married. Mm-hmm. Um, so as of like 2013 or 2014, they had been. So they probably met in 2004, 2005 ish. Okay. Um, maybe a little before that. They've been happily married and together. Uh, for a while that he still has his two kids and uh, he seems to have a pretty nice life. I mean, you know, now that he's in his 60s, I suppose, you know, he tried to settle down, get yeah. a little stability going. He's and, doing great. Uh, good yeah, for... Just, he's just living his life. Yeah, I mean... He talks know. about it now like it was the... Someone asked him, like, did he regret it? He was like, no, not really. <laughs> well, sure, he's ended up making a mint out of it. Yeah. He, he didn't have a pot to piss in before all of this yeah. happened. He was basically like, my life is what it is today because of what I've been through. And so, no, I'm uh, I'm good. And is what he's Facebook? been through was Nancy Kerrigan's cartilage. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. No, I found him on Facebook because that's the kind of research we do here. It happened one year. In-depth and, and rich. Yeah. and Yeah. Scrolled through his whole page. Here's what I can tell you. Uh, 2016, he was a Bernie bro, which. Blech. Well, at least he's on. At least he's a liberal. At least he's yeah, on the Democratic he, side. He is anti-Trump, which is good. But, you know, 20, you remember 2016, the like. Bernie supporters in 2016 were not Bernie supporters in 2020. I'll give you that. Yeah, Not good. But, you know, at least he's on the right side of things overall. Could be Um, worse. He posts a lot of pictures of cars that he's selling. 
Oh, including a nice like 1981 Woody station wagon. Wonderful. Uh, so beautiful. And he's st- his dealership is still in Oregon. I think so. He still lives oh. in Oregon. The one story that I did want to tell is, you know, they asked him, some reporter found him and like asked him about, you know, like kind of har- harassed him. And he like agreed to take a phone call with with her and, and answered questions and things. He was saying, like, what are the questions that you tend to get? And he said, you know, one of the questions I get is, what do your kids think about this? And he's like, I, he basically was like, I've told my kids who I am since I, since they were really little. So they've always known. Um, and he says, once in a while, people recognize me. And he told a story about being at a PTA meeting and some girl came up to him and said, you know, are you are you Jeff Galuli? She recognized him. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm Jeff Galuli. And. She said, I don't mean to be rude, but does that embarrass you? And he was like, no. (laughs) And she goes, she, and then she finally came up with a question that she wanted to ask me. And she said, well, what if your daughter wants to be a figure skater? And he said, well, I guess I'll make sure she wins. (laughs) Which I think is great. Oh, Galuli. Just classic. Oh, God. Uh, Well, at least he's got a nice sense of humor about it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He seems to be doing just fine. All right. Um. Okay, let's. I'm pulling his Facebook page back up. Uh, he really he gave a great review of a place called the Dinky Diner. Oh, it it's it's an amazing little diner with fantastic food and super friendly mom and daughter duo. Well, where is that? Can you find the? Do you got a, a city on that? Just to yes. plug it, just for those people. It's in Goldfield, Nevada. It's nowhere near he, where he oh, lives. Goldfield, Nevada, Dinky Diner. Dinky Diner. Go in and get the pie. Tell him Galuli sent you. You know it what? Does say that his hometown was Portland, Oregon. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, do you do you have more about Jeff Galuli? Is that is that No, it? that's all I have about Jeff Galuli. Run it aground, yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like after a certain point, you know, it, it more or less stabilizes after all of the lawsuits. Look at, I, I mean, again, these are real people. Like, this is a real person who has a real life and made some bad decisions. I've always thought Jeff Galuli was kind of a piece of shit. I don't have anything to base that on except for everything that I've heard 27 years ago. But, like, you know, that movie portrays him really bad. Like, there's a lot. But, you know, again, these are layered people who have rich interesting lives so you know i don't want to just be like that guy and that guy sucks they made some weird decisions but like that whole story's ridiculous like there's a, a, a an inner nonsense to that story that is just comic wonderfulness and i feel that without galuli clearly none of that would have happened yeah so yeah. no you know, and, and really who lost out out of that you can maybe make the case nancy kerrigan but nancy kerrigan became way more famous after that yeah you know, Tanya Harding, sure, she definitely lost out at the time, but she has now come back and become this oddly, like, embraced figure, which is yeah. a really strange thing for somebody who almost certainly was involved in this criminal conspiracy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's, we've talked about this before on the show, but I think it's the media reckoning with how we actually treated her. Like, what she did was bad. Yeah. But yeah. she probably got it in a way that she didn't deserve, yeah. um, regardless of what she did or was involved in right it was yeah. it was dumb it was just it was a stupid thing to do and and even in the interviews this is what jeff said about it which is like yeah no it was really stupid like yeah. I, it was it was a dumb 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 decision right and then he's kind of like i paid my price for it even he says like my life's pretty good and who i really feel bad for and all this is tanya and this interview that i read was be- from before like the the movie or anything like it was almost 10 years ago now there was this interview and so i think you know it was before she kind of had any sort of resurgence and that's the right that's the right attitude like he's yeah. like i'm fine like she she really got it and right. and she like her life and career was destroyed for over this yeah. i mean he was again adjacent to fame so it wasn't like he had things going for him it sounds like his life wasn't great like even though yeah. she was a notable person even before this but i mean in a slight window of time before that but he was nobody. So the fact that he could actually get some notoriety and then do anything with that, considering, again, this is this was I mean, it was a legitimate crime and it was wrong. And but like nobody died. It wasn't, you know, the end of the world. The Olympics went on exactly the same. It didn't actually affect anything in the short term. Yeah. And then really, yeah, the only person who really suffered was Tanya in the long term. But again, Tanya was involved. So it's not like yeah. she had no hand in her own destruction. So. On that regard, you know, whatever, like, your random glancing opinion of Jeff Galuli is, it's fine. Like, whatever. This was, it's a it's a fun story for everybody, and it was the media event of the time, early 1994. Yeah, uh, it was good a, for him. It was, of course, supplanted by the media event of all time in the summer of 1994. In 1994. And that's where my figure steps into the spotlight. <laughs> the great Cato Kalen. 
I don't remember a lot of the trial in detail. I only remember, you know, the chase and the car and that, and then the the verdict. Like, but I wasn't somebody who obsessively watched that trial. So the fact that this is like the third or fourth episode that we're now talking about the OJ trial is, a, I mean, I think is a failure of picking 1994, right? Like, that's just what it was. But, I mean, most of Cato's real notoriety comes in 95, comes at the trial. But 1994... He is central to everything that's going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, 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 he's physically central to everything. He has Literally. nothing to do with what's actually going on. But, yeah. but you know what? Let's take it back. I have got Cato details. Because unlike Jeff Galuli, Cato is an open book. And, yeah. and was a sort of, not famous person, but he was somebody before all of this happened. He was yeah, at he least... like an actor? He was an actor. He had credits. Like, he was doing stuff. Yeah. And some of the stuff he was doing was hilarious. So... Cato Kalen, born Brian Gerard Kalen, uh, oh Milwaukee, God. Wisconsin. Wow. Uh, his nickname, Cato, he got when he was a kid after Cato from the Green Hornet, which was the Bruce Lee character on the Green Hornet. Never heard of it. K- the, K- the Green Hornet. No. So the Green Hornet was a TV show, like an action TV show in the, sure. uh, in the 60s, and Bruce Lee was on it, and he played a character named Cato. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Remember in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when they're, that whole scene with Bruce Lee, that's on yeah. the set of the Green Hornet. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, that's, I don't know why he got this nickname. I just know that that's where this nickname comes from. And at some point, he has credits as Brian Kalen, but then he did just go with Cato at some point. Sure. Um, but yeah, he was from Milwaukee. He went to the University of Wisconsin in Eau Claire for a little while. Didn't nice. graduate, but he was there. And did some like media stuff. He hosted like a little like junky AV talk show or something. And, uh, and then he moved to Hollywood. Making it in the big time. Yeah. Uh, the big time included starring in a film called Beach Fever in 1987, nice. which was, I believe, filmed in Australia or it was produced. No, no, no. It was produced by an Australian company and starring a Japanese actor who goes to California to try to pick up chicks. And he meets Kato and him and Kato are just swinging, making making it happen. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Kato's basically the second star of this film. 1987. So oh. this is, you know, now his credits after that. Not great. He doesn't <laughs> he's not piling up big roles. Wait, wait, that's the peak? That's the peak. That's his oh, no. biggest part. Now, he's in other movies with real movie stars. He has, like, yeah. parts of marginal size, but he does, like, do a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's in a movie called Night Shadow in 1989, okay. which doesn't have a lot of other big stars in it, but Aldo Ray was in it, who did have a lot of credits going back to the 40s, was a real oh. movie star for a while. And then he a couple little cami like extra type parts, and then he has a bunch of movies that came out in 1994. Ooh! So like so in 93, 94, he's filming a bunch of stuff around. Uh, this is all before this happens because I'm sure yeah. after that there was he was tied up. He had he yeah. was busy. <laughs> he but, was busy. Yeah, but in 94 he was in uh, a couple kind of soft horror movies. He was in a real, I think, a legitimate soft horror movie called Surf Sand and Sex that I nice. couldn't really find anything about and has no notable people in it except for Cato. But he was in a, they're, they're not exactly softcore movies, but they were like straight to Cinemax type movies mm-hmm. with like former stars. Skinemax. Yeah, like, but even Skinemax is kind of like softcore. Like, for the exa- okay, so the movie was called Save Me, and the poster for the movie is Harry Hamlin and Lisette Anthony, who was famous for being in the Bram Stoker's Dracula. And yep. it's basically, he he's laying on top of her, and the angle is you see his face and her boobs, and that's it. Makes sense. So it's a classy poster. But that uh, Olivia Hussey's in that movie, who was in the, the old Romeo and Juliet, the, the oh. Franco Zeffirelli movie. Uh, Steve Railsback of X-Files fame is also yeah. in this movie. Yeah. So save me. I have no idea what that movie is. Do, do you think some of these movies he filmed were like set to come out like 95, 96, 97, and then everything happened and they were like, we got to move this up? I mean, it's possible. Certainly his movies from before, all of a sudden he was like the poster for these movies. <laughs> like they just were like, oh, we, we, we got beach fever in the can for seven years. No one's watching this piece <laughs> of shit. Let's put Cato on the cover. He was in a uh, direct to video Cyborg 3. I don't remember who's in Cyborg 1 and 2, but 3 does have Malcolm McDowell in it. Oh my uh, God. We met from Clockwork Orange. We did. Uh, and it stars Zach Galligan, who was the star of Gremlins. So that's a... I don't know if it's a real movie. It was direct-to-video. It was Cyborg 3. But, you know, he's in that. 
And then what my favorite credit of his from this era, also again in 1994, a movie I had on the list if we really dug down to do a lot of movies, yeah. is a movie called Hail Caesar, which isn't related to the Coen Brothers movie. Okay. Hail Caesar, the cast of that movie, uh, you've got Robert Downey Jr., Oh wow. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Oh. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my. Uh, Judd Nelson. Oh my God. And the TV Batman's Riddler, Frank Gorshin, and are all in this oh. film. Okay. Uh, I don't know anything about that movie except for the poster. So I don't actually know if these people are the stars of this movie or they just all happen to be in it. And it, it's the first Robert Downey Jr. Samuel L. Jackson movie, considering they've been in 10 Marvel movies together. <laughs> so this is a pre MCU film, apparently. Yeah. But also, Robert Downey Jr., Samuel L. Jackson, Cato Kalin, right in there. Oh, man. 1994. That guy was living the life. He was doing okay. Now, how did he get tied up in all of this OJ nonsense? That was really what I wanted to find out, because I don't know this stuff. I, again, I don't remember the trial, and I know he did kind of talk about this in his testimony, like how yeah. did he get involved in this. Yeah. But I didn't realize the weird course of events that actually brings Cato to being at OJ's house. So Cato met Nicole in Aspen in like December of 93. Okay. Just randomly meets her and then becomes friends with her. Uh, oh, no, no, no. In 92. So this is a while before. Oh, wow. And then he, Nicole at this point, her and OJ are split up. Split up. I don't know if they were divorced, but they were they were uh, separated. And yeah. she's renting a home in Brentwood. And she meets Cato. And Cato lives with in her guest house. Oh. In like uh, spring of 93, he moves in there. And he's paying like nothing because he's also kind of like babysitting their kids. But this is, again, Nicole's house. Yeah. So then she lives there like two years. January of 94, she's going to move, and she moves into the Bundy house. Yep. Uh, but the Bundy house doesn't have a guest house. It's just an apartment. And so initially, Cato's going to move with her. Now, I don't... The, Cato says they don't have a relationship. Like, they're just friends. Yeah. But, like, Cato was going to move in with her in this house, right? Wow. So that's kind of odd, you know? Yeah. And the person who puts the kibosh on this is OJ. Sure. So OJ gets wind of this and like they, him and Nicole were still trying to patch it up and whatever. Yeah. And so this like single surfer dude who's going to go live with Nicole, OJ's like, no, 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 no. We're not doing yeah. that. So then he has Cato move into the guest house. Sure. And so, yeah. So Cato's there early 94. That's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that sets the scene. June 1994. Cato's testimony was always kind of made fun of because he's, he's not the, he doesn't come off as a, as a particularly bright guy. I mean, he was just yeah. kind of a surfer guy and he was an actor, but he seems, he was really nervous and he seemed just kind of, you know, surfery. So he doesn't portray himself terribly well in the testimony. He's a little contradictory in some of the things he says. Sure. But the one fun thing that I came out, because I, I tried to read his testimony quick to just get the highlights out of this. And the, the whole thing with him was that he heard noises and then what the timeline was of things. Mm -hmm. And the reason he can even pinpoint a lot of it is because him and OJ uh, went to McDonald's right before uh, right before Nicole was murdered. Nice. So Cato uh, in the testimony pinpoints him being at McDonald's around nine. And so they went and got burgers. Sure. Back to the house. And then and then he doesn't and he testifies that he wasn't like him and OJ were sort of friends, but he wasn't up on all of OJ's comings and goings. Like, he didn't know yeah. what was going on. So. Then it's just that, you know, when the limo driver comes to pick OJ up to go to the airport, Cato talks to him for a minute or something. So he, he could kind of time frame that. But that's it. Like, there's this big yeah. gap where he has just no idea. So Cato's testimony, I don't know how, how valuable any of that is. No. Yeah. Thanks, but, Cato. Uh, yeah. What's funny, though, is that, and this I discovered, you know, in going through this today, was when the miniseries came out a couple years ago, uh, Cato had did some little interviews, but he basically was criticizing details, like little things in the movie. And one of the things he criticizes is this thing about them getting hamburgers. And it says like in the movie, you can, he's eating a hamburger at some point, the actor who plays him. And yeah. he says like, Oh, I'd given up red meat for years. But in his testimony at the trial, he says they went and got hamburgers. I'm like, Kato, just brush up on what you were saying then. Like, what are you <laughs> oh doing? Oh my God. Like, why, why do that? Like, what's the point of that? Anyway, <laughs> like time, decades go by. You forget. This. Yeah, sure. So anyway, Cato becomes this huge star coming out of the trial. Yeah. He's, he's a huge figure. Uh, one estimate had that 75% of Americans were able to identify Cato, and only 25% could identify Al Gore in a picture. Oh, my God. In 1994. So oh. Cato, huge star. 
Uh, that uh, makes me sad and that makes a whole lot of sense you know and, and if this if then had been now cato could be the governor of georgia without a question for sure perfectly for sure yeah. yeah well he 100%. certainly could be the mayor of milwaukee big fan. oh yeah um but look at cato's career before this you yeah, know yeah. this isn't a great group of movies but he's nope. working he's doing yeah, stuff he's doing getting stuff. credits uh you know he's making connections he's weirdly yeah. friends with oj's wife and faye resnick like he's he's around you know yeah now after this his acting credits are weird he, he because now he's Cato Kalin so he, he he doesn't have a lot going for him before this he's got an okay career but he is very distinctive in his own thing he's not going to go yeah. and play Macbeth like he's got to do certain yep. things so his credits after this are basically either him appearing as himself his vast number of talk show appearances sure. his multitudinous uh appearances on reality shows or he's in something, but clearly he's there as the joke that Cato's playing this part. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so this is this is his career. But he, he is just becomes a joke. Yeah, but he has yeah. managed to really put in a lot of work in the past three decades since then. Like he has a ton of credits. Does he really? Oh my God. Like the amount of stuff that guy has done. Like his scripted credits, he's got a couple dozen credits. But then he also has something like 90 credits that are as himself. So that's that's talk yeah. shows and things like that. And then also these other random things like, yeah, for example, he's appeared on, you know, Howard Stern, Larry King and Barbara Walters, but he appeared on Mad TV. He's on an episode of Eric Andre's show. Yep. Uh, he's in a movie called Hookers Incorporated, <laughs> playing more or less <laughs> yes, himself. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he was on, uh, he was on Mr. Show. He's on Steve Harvey and Dr. Phil, but the list of reality shows he's been on just in or game shows or things like the kind yeah. he was on the weakest link uh who wants to be a millionaire he was in the vh1 i love the 90s sure uh there's a reality show called sunset tan which is about a tanning salon because you know once they got into the whole like we're gonna do yeah. you know tattoo parlors and everything Pawn shops and, yeah. Uh, yeah obviously a tanning salon was gonna be in there. He's, he pops up on that um i don't know do you get paid for something like that or is that really just to keep the brand going you know? I don't get paid for that. I don't know. Like if you like if you're just on like a a, a tattoo show. I mean, those I shows you... are basically scripted. I think you get paid for it. I guess if you're a I name. I think if you're Cato Kalin, you get paid for it. Right. Like, yeah. like I always assumed if you go to the tat like the Hollywood Inc. or LA Inc. or whatever and you get a tattoo, it's probably free, right? Like that's Yeah. That's probably what you get paid, but I don't know about yeah. If you're a, a half-ass celebrity one. Well, so it. I know like on on say yes to the dress, like you you don't get anything for that. Like you'd have to, you have to tell them what, well, like your, who you want to bring, like who, what kind of dress you want and what your budget is. And you have, you have to buy the dress. If you pick the dress, like oh. it is, you don't get anything for being on the show. You just get to be on the show. Well, what's the point of that? You get to be on a reality show. I don't know. Mm, I don't know about that, but Cato really wants reality shows. He was on a reality show called give me my reality show. Wow. Which starred a bunch of kind of B celebrities, competing i guess to get their own show and i don't know if he won but he did then host a show called kato's corner oh <laughs> which was like a Maybe. digital talk show so oh my god and then he uh was he never on the celebrity apprentice because i feel like he would be perfect on that show i didn't see that he was on celebrity apprentice he was on celebrity big brother but that was yeah. only like in recent years that wasn't that long ago really but no i didn't see that he does seem like he'd be perfect for celebrity apprentice right but oh but his acting credits uh this is really just covered kato as kato yeah. His acting credits are also a pretty fun group of things. He pops up in basketball. Uh, he's like an announcer, so that's fun. Uh, he was on Norm McDonald's show, which was just called Norm. Apparently, him and Norm were like friends. Oh. Or at least friendly-ish, so, so that's something. Uh, he was in Pauly Shore's documentary, documentary, comedy, mockumentary, Pauly Shore is Dead. He pops up in that. Uh, he was on an episode of Baskets, which is like an Emmy-winning show. That oh, that Zach Galifianakis show. I, I don't okay. know how, how much he does, but he's on an episode of that. Uh, he's on an episode of Tosh. He was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh played, like a played a teacher. <laughs> and that's, that's weird. Yeah. And then very recently, in what should come as no surprise, I think it's his most recent acting credit. He was in Sharknado 6, oh. the last Sharknado. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Colon, it's about time. Joe is a huge fan of the Sharknado movies. I, I am. I haven't seen the last one. That one is, uh, they apparently go back in time. Sure. <laughs> try to undo the do. first movie. And that yeah. sounds amazing. I didn't realize that existed, but I do really like the Sharknado. The Sharknado, <laughs> they're stupid, but they're, oh man, they're so much fun. <laughs> so, but Kato pops up in that. 
Yeah. Um, so really, you can't say Cato has had a bad run. I mean, it's been basically diving into mud and coming up with fistfuls of gold. Yeah. Cato Kalen. Yeah. Uh, to the point that I believe my favorite anecdote of all is Cato from Milwaukee. Cato's a big Brewers fan. Yeah. And so in recent years, he's been tweeting a lot about the Brewers. The Brewers have been pretty good in recent years. They're making the playoffs. They're, you sure. know, they're not getting close exactly, but they're, they're putting it together. Uh, for the July weekend, uh, 2017, Cato goes to Milwaukee, visit the family, hanging out, goes to a Brewers game. July 3rd, he wins the 50-50 raffle. He does not. Cato Kalen won the 50-50 <laughs> raffle. How crazy is that? <laughs> That's like 12,000 bucks just for going to the game. <laughs> Oh my god! I love That's that so anecdote, and like I only ran across that I think because we live here. Like I think oh. if I, because I don't even remember where I saw it exactly, but there was like a news story in the Tribune about this or something. And I'm like, there's no way was this in the L.A. Times? It was probably just because Milwaukee's 90 miles away. Oh my god! That's yeah. amazing. I thought that was awesome. I was a big fan. Oh, way to go, Cato! Yeah, Get it. Uh, Cato is currently on Cameo, as we discovered tonight, oh, and yes. you can you can get a Cameo from Cato for 65 bucks. Oh my God. We only watched. So cameo, if you're not familiar, it's a website where you can like pay celebrities to like record personalized messages for you. Um, Joe and I have purchased a few cameos over the years. Yeah. Um, I think we, when cameo was like first a thing, like before anyone knew what cameo actually was, Joe got me a cameo uh, from Farah from teen mom. <laughs> um <laughs> And he also once got me a Ken Bone cameo, which was also the greatest. Yeah. Ken, Obi-Wan Ken Boney. Obi-Wan Ken Boney. But yeah, if you, you can go and you can watch like videos they've recorded for other people so you can get a sense of like how they are. I once got a cameo uh, from Paula Poundstone for my friend Cher. She, we love uh, Paula Poundstone. And Paula, even though I was like, here are the bits of yours that we like and say to each other a lot. Paula Poundstone went on for like, 10 minutes and she was a little depressing it, I, but i think it was like a legitimate routine though like yeah, it was like she was, like she was doing material and yeah. Like, yeah like it wasn't like she brought in her show like she was like trying to like just do riffing like she does on yeah. like wait wait don't tell me just like yeah. Yeah. through the stuff it was crazy yeah um so anyway you can watch videos that they've recorded for other people and we watched a video that kato recorded for a, a couple that got married, one of their like friends got it for them. And it was amazing. He it was like, incredible. He was going full out. He's yeah. efforting. No lie. If you get a chance, if you are just looking for five minutes to kill, like go to cameo and you can like look at these preview videos and look at Kato's videos. Cause Kato, it's incredible. Like, yeah. so Kato just seems like a good dude. Like Kato just seems like he's living his life yeah. and having fun. Like, I can't decide if he was all uh, wrong place, wrong time or right place, right time. I'm I mean, it's got to be right place, right time. Right? <laughs> like, there's no way he was going to then become Brad Pitt, right? Like yeah. that just wasn't his path. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Again, I know I haven't seen him act. I don't actually know. Like he has a lot of personality, but I don't know that he can act like. So I don't know what all he would have done with that. He might have gotten yeah. some background surfer type roles. But like, are you going to get a real career out of that? But this, oh, my God, like this yeah. totally worked out for him. Yeah. Last thing I do want to bring up about Cato, yes. uh, and this actually relates us all the way back to episode one, Ooh. Al Cowlings, when he appeared in the uh, absolutely wonderful Bubba Smith exercise video, Bubba Until It Hurts. Yep. Cato's last credit before all of this falls apart and his first credit listed as himself is in uh, uh, a fitness video Ooh. that I did not know existed, but was released in 1994. And that video is called OJ Fitness. Minimum maintenance fitness for men. That's right. OJ put out a fitness video in 1994. Oh, oh, oh no. What? And Cato, uncredited, appears in this video just doing playing basketball or doing some random thing. And I now can't believe that we've done two different OJ episodes where the auxiliary characters appear in fitness videos. <laughs> my god that's just around crazy. this in this universe of of uh that is crazy i also like the concept of oj's fitness video which is like what is the minimum that you can do <laughs> right to stay it is in some sort of reasonable shape minimum maintenance fitness for men yeah. so it's yeah. just maintenance you're not trying to get in shape you're not trying to like go and become mr universe you're just trying to keep it together a little bit <laughs> oj's there to help i mean honestly that's a vibe i really understand right now yeah I mean, Cato claims that he used to run 10 miles a day. So Cato's in great shape, wow. right? He was, I mean, he was like, you know, he was a dude. Like, yeah. they pictures of him with his shirt off and blah, blah, blah. Oh, this is also reminds me. Uh, Cato sued the National Examiner uh, because they posted, like, a picture of, like, shirtless Cato. And it's and the headline was, cops think Cato did it. 
And then when you go to the article, what they think he did was perjure himself in the trial. <laughs> but he but he won this lawsuit <laughs> because this set the precedence that you can't libel somebody in a headline like that. Oh where God. people would honestly would obviously think, oh, well, they think he killed Nicole. But you look way 17 pages later into the issue and you find that they're just talking about perjury. And so Cato won. They didn't say for how much. He sued them for like $15 million. Yeah. But uh, he's, they just say he settled it. But you, he, you know he must have gotten something. Oh, yeah. And oh, this okay. set legal precedent. Cato Kalin. The Cato Kalin rule or whatever you would call it. Cato so. has really done a lot for our society. You know, I mean, he's done a lot more than Jeff Galuli, who's, again, <laughs> yeah. just like pushing outies on people. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Jeff, like, you know, had his time, got his money and disappeared. Yeah. And he changed his name to the very boring Jeff Stone. Jeff Stone. Where Brian Kalen changed his name to Cato, which is awesome. Yeah. All right. I say Cato wins. But again, Galuli, living his life. He's doing fine. I hope he's doing good. I don't I hope neither of these people reach out to us. Because oh honestly, I, I don't think we should do another episode on this. But you know, if you if you're if you are working at the dealership now and you look over and Jeff Galuli's there, just give him like a knowing glance and then that yeah. can be from us. Yeah, he does. He really doesn't want to do interviews or he doesn't like engage with the media. I guess we would be considered the media. Um, sure. So, yeah. But but Jeff, if you have changed your mind and want to come on the show. I guess let us know, but we're not super into it. <laughs> no, I mean, I would I don't know. I'd be interested to talk to Jeff Galuli. I We don't do that that kind of format here on the show. But yeah. You know, we could maybe he could come in and next time we do a scripted episode, Jeff Galuli could play God. I don't know. <laughs> Something fun. Maybe he could play Jimi Hendrix if we're gonna do the sixties next. Yes. You know. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There that is. might be That's fun. The one. Yeah. Jeff Galuli <laughs> is Sonny Liston in Liston versus Clay. It's gonna be great. Yeah. I support this idea. Yeah. I mean, I would offer a part to Cato, but I think we'd have to pay Cato. He's a real actor. Yeah. He's probably in the guild. We don't have any money. No, so. no budget at all. Nope. All right. Well, I think this has gone just gangbusters. Oh, yeah. This has gone with gold. Is this our best episode? Definitely. Oh, <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should add another 10 or 12 episodes to this season. No. No. Oh, no, we can't. I mean, we can't. Again, I know our listeners are going to be upset. So, I mean, I think everybody's going to miss 1994 when it's over. Yeah. And I don't know why or if we would ever loop back to doing additional 90. Like, would we do bonus 94 episodes? I guess only if something crazy happened that related back to it. But yeah. I would say we'll do one when Kato dies, but Kato's going to live forever. Oh, I hope so. Jesus, that guy's awesome. Yeah. And again, Kato is only, what, 60? Wait a minute. Kato's 59? He was 35 when this happened? <laughs> Why did I always think he was young? <laughs> oh, my Bro, God. pushing 40. Good Lord. I didn't realize he was that old. I always thought he was legitimately like 28 when all of this happened. Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. I mean, Kato's in, uh, 63 years old. Is that right? Beach? He was like a, a second, you know, billing in Beach Fever in 1987. Like he had to be like a grown ass adult at that point. That's true. I mean, he was legit tw like almost 30 at that point. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, look, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm acting so shocked at how old he is. I, I honestly thought he was younger. Oh, well, OK. Maybe that's where I was confused earlier because I had seen that Kato was from 59 that I thought uh, Galuli was that same that same age. No, never mind. Oh, and coming back to the original point, I don't believe Cato Kalen and Jeff Galuli have ever met. I think that's... I, I would agree with that. Considering Galuli doesn't do this kind of stuff, that, yeah, that yeah. doesn't seem... Yeah. yeah. That seems unlikely. Yeah, unless there was some sort of, like, sex tape convention or they high-fived <laughs> each other in jail. Like, I, I don't... Sure. I mean, Cato hasn't done any time that I know of, but he did do kind of some softcore. So they were they would have been at similar events, probably yeah. like yeah. the AVN Awards, like for for porn stars or something yeah. like that. I think that would that could work. You know, if nothing else, I assume that Cato has met Tanya Harding at some point. She did like celebrity boxing, right? So yeah. they're I mean, in the would, same circle. I would assume that's true. Yeah. If I can find I'm going to Google and see if I could find a picture of them. When two people die uh, on the same day in the death pool, I do always try to find a picture of them together. Yeah. And it never works. I've never I've never successfully done that. But uh, one of these days. I thought you'd done that before. No, no. Maybe I just remember you saying um, I couldn't find a picture of so and so and so and so together. Yeah, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, that's the problem with the Tanya Harding thing is that like in looking up Jeff Galuli, everyone, uh, the Internet was just like, don't you want to know about Tanya Harding? Yeah. <laughs> like it just like, it, yeah, there's just not an, a lot of info about. But I think, you know, Cato and Tanya are probably closer to the same level of celebrity. 
Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Gluley is certainly a step down from that. For sure. And then Shane Stant and these other random people whose names we can't remember. Yes. Yeah. Which we should look up. I feel like we've had this exact conversation in one or two other episodes. Almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So longtime listeners, <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this as we go over the same ground again. Can you let us know? Yeah. Who are these people? Super fans. It happened one year rights. Uh, let us know if you have the index of when things have been mentioned on this show. Uh, ahoy heads. <laughs> ahoy heads. <laughs> the ahoy, ahoy stands coming out of the woodwork to tell us, oh, that was in episode 13. Yeah. So, ah, well. Wait, I have a question. Do you think the ahoy heads write it happened one year fan fiction? <laughs> and what do we do? <laughs> I would love it if that exists. Ooh, do we like go to like the offices of like a successful podcast and like take that it's like airheads we take them post- hostage like we go to like uh, uh, npr out on the pier <laughs> and we corner ira glass and make them put us on oh <laughs> uh, that would be great uh we go to oh we go to joe rogan show and we try to get him we try to vaccinate him against his will <laughs> we hold him down uh ahoy heads <laughs> if you have any fan fiction it happened one year at gmail.com We'd uh, like we'll be accepting it. all submissions, and the uh, the best one will get a shout out on our season finale. <laughs> yes, yes, it will. Yeah, we'll send you some merch. We have no merch. <laughs> we, we'll have to make some merch. Yeah, I think the merch will honestly be when I find the VHS tape of OJ Fitness Minimum Maintenance Fitness for Men. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send that around. <laughs> you want to do the outro? Ooh. What do you got what for that it? outro? What are we gonna, What are we going to do for the outro? Do you want to try and spell Galuli? Ooh. Okay. Because I haven't been looking up Galuli stuff. Yeah. I think it's got four L's. Four L's? That can't be right. G-I-L-L-O-L-L. No. G-I-L-L-O-O-L-L-Y. That's way too many L's. I kind of lost you there, but you were just, I feel like you were just shouting O's and L's at one point. G-I-L-L-O-O-L-Y. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. Nailed it on my, my fourth attempt. Yeah. The four L's seemed like too much. Well, that's the dynamite outro this episode deserves. There you go. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody. This has been It Happened One Year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please follow us on all relevant and irrelevant social media. See ya! What happened to my hair? For goodness sakes, I look like one of the Beatles. Oh, you ought to. It's me, Kato Kaelin, saying you're going to love... Well, obviously you know, everything about Chicago is fantastic. So much to do. And it's Midwest. Great values. All you students and admissions... Have the best time of your life and keep curing people, finding cures, and doing everything with biology, molecular studies, developmental progress, and Alex and Sally, thanks for thinking of Kato Kaelin on Cameo. I gotta go!